Hello, and welcome to Ready, Set, Retire, an audio guide packed with information to help you achieve a successful retirement. I'm your co-host, John McComb, and it's my pleasure to join Lori Pinkowski every two weeks to talk about financial and estate planning, travel, hobbies, and so much more. Whether you are planning for retirement or already living your retirement dreams, Ready, Set, Retire is for you. And Lori, Happy New Year. As we head into 2024, it's a good time to take stock and think about how you can set yourself up for investing success over the coming 12 months. A successful portfolio is one that does what you need it to do. And everyone's situation is unique and therefore really requires different strategies to reach your goals. It's important to evaluate what your own definition of financial success is so that you're better equipped to work towards your own goals. And working with an advisor, with a team, is one of the best ways to really develop a realistic strategy to ensure your portfolio is set up for success. So today on Ready, Set, Retire, we'll be discussing the market outlook for 2024 and how to set yourself up for investment success this year. We'll go over uh, Lori's market outlook for 24, uh, what areas in the market could do well this year, what are some risks and how can these impact markets, setting your portfolio up for success, and how to cope with volatility in the market. So, Lori, after a strong recovery in markets at the end of last year, what's your outlook for the year coming uh, just ahead? Yeah, you know, if 2023 was any guide, it taught many people and investors to be careful when making big bets against markets and the consumer, really. Just like people, markets learn from experience. Just because things happened in the past does not mean they will happen the same way in the future. And you think from everyone expecting a recession in 2023, I think that was kind of the number one topic in the media going into last year and a continuation of the bear market that we saw in 2022. We saw the regional banking crisis in March of last year, one of the best first halves to a year for stocks ever to a seasonally rough third quarter, which often happens, right, that we saw in 2023. We saw war in the Middle East. We saw that standard late October low and year-end rally. It's really amazing, though, how last year really played out to form. And not to mention that there hasn't been a recession in a pre-election year since World War II. August through September were rough on stocks and they corrected. But as we talked about here on Ready, Set, Retire, as I talked about on the radio, often when you have a bad September and October, the end of the year comes off with a bang and is actually quite strong in that fourth quarter. And that's exactly what we saw. And looking at 2024, do you think there's going to be a recession this year? Because recession was on a lot of people's minds last year. It didn't happen. What about this year? I think it's unlikely that we're going to see a recession in the U.S. We've seen jobs being created at 400,000 a month, but unlikely that's going to continue that strongly. And, you know, maybe 100 to 200,000 is some of that kind of perfect norm that we would see. So we see things slowing down. But again, we like to say they're more normalizing and the consumer remains really strong as well as wage growth remains strong and actually more under control because it was out of control there for a while. And so if we can avoid a recession in the U.S. this year, which again, if they reduce rates soon enough, then I think that's definitely possible. You know that a technical definition of a recession is two consecutive annual GDP contractions. And this is exactly what we saw in 2022. 
And we did see some companies' earnings decline for three consecutive quarters, so almost like an earnings recession. So could we have already seen that recession is what I'm referring to, and we may have seen that. So again, we're active managers. We can make changes as needed. But when you see 5% growth of GDP in the U.S., there's just no recession at this time at all. Again, Canada might be a little bit of a different situation in which we can address too. Well, exactly. Do you expect the same kind of performance from the Canadian economy? So far, the Canadian consumer has been holding up relatively well, but our real estate sector is more leveraged and that poses a bigger risk for the economy versus the U.S. markets at this time. So I continuously say to clients, your portfolio depends on what happens in the U.S. markets and by the central bank, the Fed. In Canada, what happens here with the Bank of Canada and our economy, it really affects us as Canadians. Our mortgage rates, our line of credit rates, you know, whether we're going to buy a new car because rates are too high. You know, so again, unlike the U.S. economy, we still haven't seen two consecutive contracting annualized GDP prints, which would tell us that we are in a technical recession. Third quarter fell 1.1% annualized, but second quarter growth was revised to an expansion of one4 So this often happens with GDP prints is that they're reevaluated, and then so you find out the actual percentage a little bit later on. So again, we saw an expansion in second quarter, contraction in the third quarter, so we're waiting to see what happens in the fourth quarter. We're watching inflation continue on its downward path, uh, which it's been on lately. Again, we want to get back to that 2%. And Canadian unemployment is still hanging around historically low levels, around 5%. So when I look at the Canadian economy, it's definitely weaker than the U.S. When I talk about being leveraged in the real estate market... Many people are variable rate mortgage holders here in Canada, which I didn't know in the U.S. It's about 80% are fixed mortgage rate holders, and they are able to lock in rates for 30 years. So many of those, being smart, would have locked their rates in when the rates were lower. So that rates have gone higher has not negatively affected them as much as it's affected us. Just overall, Canadians are much more highly leveraged just with everything. I think many people are using their homes as bank accounts and so on, and lines of credits went way up. So it will be welcome when the Bank of Canada reduces rates, and that's supposed to be as already in spring of next year, as early as March. What areas of the market do you anticipate? are going to perform well this year because a good bull market has many, if not all, sectors humming along nicely. Exactly. And so last year we saw big tech and in particular the Magnificent Seven. So Microsoft, Apple, uh, NVIDIA, Google, Amazon, Meta, and then Tesla outperform the rest of the market by a wide, wide margin. And so This has brought their valuations up to elevated levels, and some of the earnings have not actually even kept up, and so their valuations are getting a little out of control, especially with the price increase of the stock. So we're looking at other areas of the market that still have a lot of catching up to do. So well-established dividend-paying companies that have experience in navigating successfully through any economic backdrop. We expect a transition period in markets when rates are moving lower than some of these other sectors are going to perform well. And you've already seen this at the end of last year 
when the equal weight S&P 500 started to move higher and started actually outpacing just the S&P 500. Remember, the S&P 500 has about 30 to 40% exposure to those magnificent seven stocks that I talked about. When we look at the equal weight S&P 500, which is, again, equally weighting all 500 companies, that only started moving in October, November, finally. So you have banks participating, telecommunications, utilities, REITs even. So many other areas of the market started to move. And that's where we think the opportunities are going to lie going forward in 2024. So the start of a new year is an opportunity to reflect and set some investment goals. But why is it important to set goals for investors? You know, it's important to evaluate what you define as your overall financial success so that you're better equipped to work towards your goals. And so, you know, that sounds kind of easy to do. Uh, however, we do a lot of financial planning to figure all of that out for people. Because again, everybody's different too. What you can handle in the markets might be different than your neighbor or your best friend. So again, we want to make sure that we're achieving your goals and also taking into account your investor personality. Because John, everybody has a different investor personality. That's for sure. So some of the tips are to, again, identify your own goals. So what is your short and long-term goals? You know, are you thinking about doing a renovation, buying a cottage, buying a new car, getting a new roof, early gifting to adult children to buy a place? Uh, Those are all things that we come across frequently. What is your own time horizon? You may have some money you need till the end of your days, of course, for income and other money. Again, you may think about early gifting to adult children. So to be successful, you need to know what you are striving for. And when you're thinking about your time horizon, don't think that the whole nest egg has to be all for one time horizon. Often we're beefing up spending early on in retirement, for example. People are traveling, people are doing different things. And so that might be a shorter goals that they have. They want to go to Europe next year. They want to go to Singapore, whatever it might be. However, they need to also have income to fund their entire retirement. So those are conversations that I enjoy having with people to really figure out what their goals are, as well as my team really looks for those details so we can properly advise and also create those portfolios. The beginning of the year can also offer investors a time to set themselves up for success. What kind of things should they be thinking about? Well, You know, we're looking for opportunities. Market swings can cause stocks or sectors to move lower. And so, again, in the fourth quarter of last year is when we started adding some positions when things were a little bit rocky and then continued to add as things started to get stronger. And, you know, there's a big difference with what we do. We're actively managing large cap blue chip companies, probably the riskiest stocks that we own are Aritzia and we own Carnival last year, for example. But for the most part, blue chip dividend paying stocks. And so, you know, you got to be weary of any advisor who's trying to kind of maybe push you into more of the small cap region if that's not something you're comfortable with. Because as bull markets gain momentum, as things get better, it seems that investor personalities change and their ideas get thrown out the window and greed sets in and they just want to make a ton of money. And so then they start buying small caps and and other things out there that they don't understand. So, you know, it's not that those asset classes are bad if you understand what you're investing in. Again, it's not something that we do here. There's advisors that are happy to invest in small caps and higher risk companies. But again, for us and for our retired clients, that's not a place that we invest in. 
And so it's important, again, to just make sure that you're investing in the areas that you're comfortable with. And just always remember, markets are volatile. So even if you're in those good stocks, those good companies, you're still going to experience downturns. You're going to still have a market crash in the future at some point. But again, my belief is, is what we've seen in 2022 in the bear market we had, that is in the rearview mirror. And we have to set portfolios up for the next 12 to 24 months. And that's what we were doing in the fourth quarter. And John, that's what we continue to do now. What about the importance of diversification, spreading your assets across different sectors, as we mentioned, and even different types of investments? Investing in various sectors is important and not putting all your eggs in one basket, of course. So just owning all gold or owning all banks or whatever it may be. Of course, in 2023, would have been magnificent to own. However, in 2022, you would have got creamed. So again, you need to make sure that you have that diversification, at least we do. And asset classes, stocks, bonds, and cash. I was saying to a client recently in 2022, nothing was good. Stocks were bad, bonds were bad, and even GICs were bad because they were paying 2 or 3% and inflation was 8 or 9 So now in 2024, I think there's a lot of areas that are good. I think GICs have decent rates. There's some government bonds that also are a, a good investment. And you can even look on a tax advantage investment on some of the government bonds that are at a deep discount right now. And as well as stocks, as rates go lower, that tends to bode well for the stock market. And even bonds, right? It was the worst bond market in 40 years in 2022. Well, what does that tell me? It's probably going to be the best bond market in 40 years. And so, again, you need to think about these things, or at least we are thinking of these things on behalf of clients and being proactive about it. But again, diversification is key, John. So what tips do you have for investors who are trying to cope with the ups and downs in their own portfolios? And as you've uh, mentioned uh, several times, there have been some ups and downs, uh, especially in the beginning of this decade and going forward. It's important to remember that every bear market creates opportunities. And you think to all the bad times out there, even in the last 15 years, you think of the financial crisis. Had you just gone out and bought a lot of bank stocks, you would have done really, really well. In 2015, that was a crash of oil. You could have gone out and bought a bunch of oil stocks. Although, again, the majority of people are running for the hills, you know. And so it's important to think about those opportunities and try to really train your mind to think the opposite of the people. Because, you know, when people were panicking in October of 2023 and markets had corrected 10%. That was kind of a normal correction at that point. And knowing that the Fed was going to pause was a key driver for us to start using some of the cash we had on the sidelines and, and reinvesting in some of those equities that had been hit. And selling too much in a down market. That's also another one. A lot of people feel that they know more than the stock market. And, you know, that you can't panic when some of these things happen because uh, you end up shooting yourself in the foot and your long-term performance is hurt. If you decide that your gut is telling you you should be 100% cash, well, I'd like to know anybody that sold out in October if they bought in the first week of November. I, I highly doubt that, John. And so it's really important to always keep some skin in the game. Don't panic and check your online access daily. That would be another tip I have for people, especially going through market volatility when it happens. You know, markets have been good in the last quarter. That's great. 
but in 2024, it's not always rainbows and butterflies in the stock market. We all know that. So don't panic and be checking your online access or multiple times a day. It doesn't even change throughout the day for online. Again, we're monitoring portfolios second by second to the stock market. We actually can see what the legacy portfolios are doing. And then we're keeping track of all our companies that are higher or lower on the day. Why? Look at the economic data. So as active managers, true active managers, we're watching all of that information for clients so that they can relax and do what they want to do, whether spend time with family or travel, go skiing, anything. And so we don't want people to to be focusing on their accounts, whether in good markets or bad markets, because you get both sides. And uh, it's important to stay focused. That's why we do financial planning. That's why we have a plan. And, you know, what is the goal over the long term? I think that's what's important. Indeed, because the market is constantly changing. So it's important that we put in the time to strategize how we respond to different situations which is what you do. Exactly. And I mean, we have a defined risk management strategy, and I think that's important. What do we sell when things aren't doing well? Again, I think that this bear market has been long for people, which is true. And as the recovery continues, I think that is welcomed. And just remember that bull markets make up a lot more of the time than bear markets do. And so when you look at the next... 10, 20, 30 years that you're investing, bear markets will be a blip on your performance, actually. And and these bull markets that come after a bad market can be very strong. And so again, we're always prepared for a plan B just in case something comes out of left field. However, to us, that strength in the fourth quarter will continue into 2024. Well, we hope so, because we're due for a good long run of a nice bull market. Well, exactly. And they, they usually last, you know, 5, 10, 15 years. So let's Great. hope, you know, the, the worse the bear market, the better the bull market. Let's put it that way. So we are due for a good one. Well, we will keep an eye on that very closely in 2024. And uh, before we wrap up this first edition of Ready, Set, Retire for this year, we always like to uh, leave... With a thought, a quote, what do you have for us? We don't have to be smarter than the rest. We have to be more disciplined than the rest. Ah, truer words were never spoken. That's why I personally leave my finances up to you. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Discipline is not my middle name when it comes to money. That was a good Uh, decision many... Worry... That was a good decision many, many years ago, John. Yes, it was. Yes, I can I can swear on a Bible that yes, it was. It was a very good decision. Good. We'll do this again in a couple of weeks and looking forward very much to 2024. In the meantime, great to talk with you and we'll speak again in a fortnight. You as well and uh, Happy New Year. And that's a wrap for this week's edition of Ready, Set, Retire. If you're interested in learning more or have any questions, please don't hesitate to call Lori and her team at Pinkowski Wealth Management, 604-695-LORI, 604-695-5674. For Lori Pinkowski, I'm John McComb. Thanks for listening and join us again in two weeks for another edition of Ready, Set, Retire.
The comments and opinions expressed in this podcast are the result of work done by Lori Pinkowski. They may differ from the opinion of Canaccord Genuity's research and should not be considered as representative of Canaccord's beliefs, opinions, or recommendations. All views expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and do not constitute an offer or solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management is a division of Canaccord Genuity Corp., member of the CIPF and IROC.